Hi, I'm Alan West with Alan and Amy West Farms in Lubbock, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we always have the first bale of cotton harvested right here in Texas every year. This year it came out in late June down in the Rio Grande Valley. And each year we auction that bale off for scholarships. That auction happened a few weeks ago and we'll take a look at how much money was raised for scholarships in the Valley coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're in the dairy business, high feed costs are a challenge right now, which is good reason to consider enrolling in the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. I'm James Hunt, and we'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The Beef Loving Chefs program created by the Texas Beef Council is reaching out to culinary professionals. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have comments from Chef Robert Hale about the goals of Beef Loving Chefs on Texas Ag Today. It finally rained over much of Central Texas, so you might ask, is the drought over? This is Dr. Shane McClellan and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The nation's first bale of cotton was harvested back in June in the Rio Grande Valley. It was auctioned off a few weeks ago to raise money for scholarships. Valley farmer Sam Simmons chairs the Harlingen Cotton Committee, and he says the auction results were amazing this year. The auction was fantastic. Uh, We had pretty much every seat there was full between ourselves and the Agadon Club. We raised a total of $107,000. That's with the auction items that were there, the first bale additions onto the first bale that buyers contributed, sponsorships leading up to the event. It was a fantastic year. The first bale was a BASF Stoneville variety, and BASF's Mark Kelling says his company once again was the winning bidder. You mentioned the variety was ours. It was uh, Stoneville 4990. The first bale that was harvested was actually there on site. And we actually bought, uh, I think one of the first ones that we bought was back in 2006. But we didn't always have sequentially through the years uh, the first bale harvested of one of our brands. But for the last nine consecutive years, either a FiberMax brand or Stoneville brand was the first bale to be harvested. And every time that we've uh, been able to accomplish that, we as an organization as BAS, have uh, purchased that first bill to support the scholarships and the ag industry locally there. 
Committee Chair Sam Simmons says the committee will be meeting next month to decide how to award that money to local students. The Texas Tribune is hosting a special event this week focusing on rural Texas. It's called The Future of Rural Texas and will be held on the Texas Tech campus in Lubbock. The whole event, both days, are essentially just specifically about rural. You know, we wanted to talk about rural issues. How is this affecting our small towns in the area? You know, how are these communities managing? That's Jamie Lozano, High Plains reporter for the Texas Tribune. She says discussions will cover topics like education, health care, and broadband access, especially when you consider that rural Texas continues to lose political clout as the big cities get even bigger. You know, that uh, that's actually a very big concern out here. I tried to work with a lot of producers out here in this area, and so many of them will tell me the same thing, where they feel like rural isn't represented in the legislature, that they don't feel like they really have somebody to speak on their behalf. And so hearing that kind of trend, that is definitely concerning, and it's something we do want to highlight. The event will be available both in person and virtually. If you'd like more information, go to texastribune.org slash events. If you're in the dairy business, high feed costs are a real challenge right now. James Hunt tells us you may want to consider enrolling in the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. There is just a short amount of time left for local dairy farmers to enroll in the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, also known as DMC. The deadline is December 9th. Darren Turley is the executive director of the Texas Association of Dairymen, and he has this to say about the program. The DMC program has been very beneficial to dairy farmers. It gives them the ability to have a little bit of security against some really volatile milk pricing. So we're encouraging everybody to take part in the program. We have had a strong acceptance of it in the past and expect to see a really strong sign-up again this time. And when it comes to protecting margins for dairy producers, the program has been paying out in recent months, mostly due to the impact of high feed cost and some decline in milk prices. But although the program appears to be doing its job in providing help to producers, Turley is hoping improvements will be made when lawmakers write the next farm bill. The biggest issue that dairy farmers face, especially in Texas, we have a very large amount of dairies that are large dairies. And so... Those dairies are limited by some of the payment caps on really what they can achieve of the security of the program. I know I've had one of our large producers say that he would be getting maybe three or four days worth of production out of the program because he hits the limits on how much he's acceptable to retain from that program. And that's an issue we're hoping to see change in the farm bill, see some of those limits raised to where it includes more and more of what Truthfully, today, the normal is is a larger farm. So Texas has 315 dairy farms, and they're going to be roughly averaging around 2,000 cows apiece, and it's still family farms, but that's quite large, as you can tell. For more information about the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, including how to enroll, contact the Farm Service Agency. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Beef Council is working to strengthen beef's position among culinary chefs. Tom Nicoletti tells how. For today's program, we go to Austin and catch up with Chef Robert Hale. He is Manager of Culinary and Food Services with the Texas Beef Council. Robert, today we're going to talk about the program that the Beef Council created four years ago in 2018 called Beef Loving Chefs. 
What is this program? About four years ago, we uh, uh, really, with this need of um, uh, culinary professionals here in the state of Texas and, and making sure that they're focusing on beef um, when they're making menu decisions and menu choices and recipe development, we really wanted to start our, our own kind of group to give them a spot to come together to talk about uh, uh, their world, uh, their uh, their products, their and really to, to, to have beef bring them to the table. So uh, we started really with a Facebook group, a private Facebook group where uh, we had a couple hundred chefs in there, and that's grown to over 900 chefs now, almost a thousand uh, chefs in there talking about um, talking about Texas, the economy, you know, recipes, uh, getting hired, getting jobs. Uh, we we share weekly, uh, you know, numbers on uh, the pricing guide and what's going on in the market, um, and then then all the way up to exactly what others are doing out in the marketplace. And again, beef brings them to the table. So um, some great conversations happened in that group. Really has grown strong. Lots of advocates out there for us now uh, within this group. Uh, We've been able to build a a really large database um, of almost uh, 3,000 folks right now um, in this database that we're able to get information to um, and, and invite them to programs like we have across the state. So yeah, really proud of the program. More with Chef Robert Hale at the Texas Beef Council on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas is finally enjoying some good rainfall. Dr. Shane McClellan has an update from Waco. Not everyone received rainfall from the last rains that went through Central Texas, but most of us did receive good measurable rainfall. It was the first time in a long time. Over central Texas, the rainfall amounts varied from three quarters of an inch up to four inches spread out over several lines of storms that moved through central Texas. Warm and cool season plants are now responding with fields of oats and wheat germinating, emerging. You can actually see down the rows and ryegrass is starting to come up across livestock pastures. If your stock tank was built right to catch water, then you might even have a full stock tank. Looking at rainfall for the last 365 days, we're still 15 inches below our normal rainfall. Regardless of that, the short term looks good. Wheat that will be harvested for grain is being planted across much of our area. Oats that was dusted into a dry seabed a month ago is finally germinating and coming up. There is more rain forecast for our area in the coming weeks, so maybe the current weather pattern has finally changed. Many long-range forecasts have predicted that we're going to be warm and dry through the spring. I'm hoping they're wrong. We will need to continue to receive normal rainfall amounts to break this drought-type weather that we've been stuck in for much of Texas. 30-year average rainfall for our area in the month of November is 2.62 inches, and then for December, that 30-year average is 2.16. Many of us have already received more than that monthly average uh, for November. That's a good thing. We still need large runoff-type rainfall events to catch water in stock tanks in lakes as they are, are still fairly low. I keep getting phone calls about trees, and they're going to be damaged anytime we go through a drought like we've been in. going to show some stress symptoms from just lack of water. There is not a quick fix. All you can do is provide supplemental water, and that can be a problem if you live where you have water restrictions. You just have to play by the rules and, and water when you can. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McLeod from Waco with Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission has closed several Texas bays to oyster harvest. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. And most animals are stressed when you take them to the vet clinic. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
support comes from the Texas Tribune, a nonprofit news organization hosting a multi-day complimentary event exploring the future of rural Texas, discussing what's next for education, broadband connection, health care, the rural economy, and more, November 17th through the 18th in Lubbock, on Texas Tech University's campus and streaming live online. More at texastribune.org slash events. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Most animals are stressed when you take them to the vet clinic, but Dr. Bob Judd says your presence in the exam room may or may not help. Different veterinary clinics have different methods of examining animals, as some take the animals into their treatment area, while others examine the pets with the client in the room. For seriously sick and especially injured animals, taking these animals into a treatment room away from the owner is the best method, as these cases are critical, and owners do not always understand some of the procedures that must be performed. The veterinary staff should not be interrupted to explain these procedures to owners, as their focus is to save the animal. However, with routine examinations, determining the less stressful method is a little more difficult. A recent paper was published in the Journal of Small Animal Practice, in which pets were examined in a room with the pet owner present, and a common treatment area with the owner absent. Results indicated that dogs had a significant increase in stress and heart rate when the owner was absent, indicating that stress-related behavior changes are more likely to occur when the owner is absent. However, there are rare situations in which the owner's presence makes the dog more stressed as they feel they are protecting the owner and makes them more difficult to handle. At our clinic, all animals are routinely examined in rooms with the client present as I like to talk to the owners about the pet during the exam. We do have the rare case that the dog is much calmer without the owner present. But in general, this study shows it is less stressful for the pet if the owner is present for routine exams. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission has closed several Texas bays to oyster harvest. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. After more than four hours of public comment, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission voted earlier this month to close several Texas Bay systems to oyster harvest and temporarily close others. Robin Rikers, Director of Coastal Fisheries for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, explained the proposal to the commission prior to the vote. This three-bay closure really contains ecologically important and sensitive area. It's nursery habitat for fish and invertebrates. It's near cedar biotidal fish pass. It's ringed by salt marsh and seagrass, and all those things together create a really ecologically valuable area. It provides a lot of ecological services in terms of wave attenuation, erosion protection, as well as water filtration. What we've seen in that area, too, is a tremendous increased harvest pressure. And that may be is occurring for several reasons. As we well know, uh, we've had flooding events that have caused other areas to close down or to have difficulties in populations. We've had our hurricanes. We've had our drought. All of those things put pressure on this fishery resource in addition to, to harvest. 
He said the closures are needed to protect the bays and the important ecosystems there and to allow them to recover. Oyster fishermen were concerned because other bays have also been closed to oyster harvest. They say that it is impacting their livelihoods, the industry, and coastal economies. Others who testified said they're in favor of the closures to allow the oyster reefs time to recover from the events that have impacted their numbers and sizes. The regulations prohibit oyster harvest in Carlos, Mesquite, and Ayers Bays, which is the Mesquite Bay complex. Oyster harvest is temporarily prohibited in restoration areas for specific reefs in San Antonio, Galveston, and Trinity Bay. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Monday, but the cotton market dropped sharply lower. We'll take a look back at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market saw a mixed trade on Monday, and that's how we closed it out. Live cattle were mixed, feeder cattle mostly higher. December live cattle up a nickel, 151.57. February down 70, 152.55, while April live cattle were down 62 cents. 156.42. On the feeder cattle trade, November was unchanged, 176.95. The January up 87, 179.45, while March feeders were up 62 at 181.77. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on a Monday, as we usually see. We wrapped up last week selling cattle as high as 150 here in Texas. That is fully steady with last week. Boxed beef prices lower on Monday. Choice down a dollar four two fifty seven ninety. Select down a dollar forty four at two thirty three eighty three. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry sells cattle in San Angelo every Thursday. Jody, how did it go? 850 head this week, uh, right at it. Compared to the last week's sale, these better quality kids and yearlings sell another couple dollars higher. Slaughter cows and bulls, uh, calling those about steadies. Limited numbers of bred cows and pairs continue to sell steady to slightly higher. Better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 145, all the way up to a high of 210, mostly 155 to 175. Better quality heifer kids, four to 600 pounds from 125, up to a high of near 175, mostly 135 to 160. Slaughter cows average to high yielding 58 to 68 several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 70 to a high of 78 thinner or lower yielding type cows not many of those today from 35 to 55 slaughter bulls average to high yielding 71 to 87 just had a handful of those highest yielding slaughter bulls from 88 to 92 red cows and two-year-olds young cows medium to heavy bread uh, just average to better quality no choice sets on offer today those other bread cows kind of brought from 800 to 1150 cow calf pairs average to better quality pairs just 
a few singles and small groups of young to middle-aged pairs, anywhere from 1,000 to a high of 1,300. How do you feel about next week's sale? Well, I was sure wrong last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never dreamed of having 5,500 Tuesday, but I guess that just goes to show you what a broad area uh, them sheep and goats come into San Angelo from. Yeah. You know, being three days after opening weekend of deer season, uh, I looked for lighter numbers. I'm going to be guessing 4,000 or so on Tuesday. Cattle sale, uh, hopefully we can bounce back around that 1,000 head. We know of some kids and yearlings coming for that calf sale next Thursday. That'll just be one week uh, prior to Thanksgiving. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. 325-653-3371. That's the office number. My mobile phone would be 234-7895. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished higher in Monday's trade. December hogs up 52 cents, 84.87. February up 57 at 88.97. Class 3 milk was higher. November milk up a penny, 20.99 a hundredweight. December milk up 20 cents at 21.78 a hundred. Big drop in the cotton market on Monday, a strong U.S. dollar plus increased weekend COVID-19 cases in China, both weighing heavily on the market. December cotton dropping 292 points to close at 85.28, March down 271 at 83.62, while December 23 cotton was down 250, closing at 7706. Poor exports put some pressure on the corn market Monday. We finished slightly lower. December corn down three quarters, six fifty-seven and a quarter. March corn down three and three quarters, six fifty-nine and a quarter. However, the export picture for wheat looking better. That helped prices move higher. December Kansas City wheat up twelve and three quarters, nine fifty-six and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up four and three quarters, eight eighteen and a half. In the energy markets, December natural gas up 15 cents at 6.03. December crude oil down 3.60, 85.36 a barrel. The financial markets slightly lower Monday afternoon. The Dow down 72 points, 33,675. The Nasdaq down 88 at 11,235. The S&P down 20 points, 3,972. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.